0: Did you resolve to eat healthier this year? How's that working out for you so far? If you feel like you might be riding the struggle bus, stay tuned as I chat with registered dietitian Sally Kazemchek all about organizing to eat healthier.
1: Welcome to Cocktails in Containers, your source for organizing strategies perfectly paired with a cocktail. And now, here's your host who needs a little wine to go with her kids' wine, Christy Lingo.
0: Howdy, friends! Welcome back to our fourth and final episode in the Getting Organized 2. series to help you reach your 2020 goals. Today, I'm chatting with registered dietitian, author, and returning guest Sally Kazemchek of Real Mom Nutrition all about how to organize yourself to eat healthier. As with all guests in this series, whether you are resolving to get fit, get out of debt, get organized, or eat healthier, having a plan is so important for success, and we have all kinds of tips for your healthy eating plan. But before we hear my conversation with Sally, I want to welcome everyone to Cocktails and Containers. Whether this is your first or your 73rd episode, I hope you will find tips to organize and simplify your family life. Because whether I'm working with an organizing client, coaching a mom on her business, or creating this podcast for you, my goal is to give you actionable steps to help you organize and simplify so you can do more of what you love with who you love. That's the goal that I have for my own life and family, and I'd love to help you reach that goal too. And speaking of goals, my recently launched Patreon community is there to support you in reaching your goals for 2020. Each month, you'll receive a goals worksheet to help you narrow down what you want to work on for that month and a live group call with me to help you focus in on what you can do to be successful. In fact, our February live group call is this Thursday, January 30th at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Along with that live call, you'll get monthly step-by-step checklists for organizing a space in your home a cocktail recipe ebook featuring the recipes from the first four seasons of the podcast, and you can join me for a seasonal book club featuring an organizing book to help you develop organizing systems, create habits, and help your family. All this for just $4 a month. So be sure to stop by patreon.com cocktailsandcontainers and containers to join me today. And here's a little more about today's guest before we jump into our interview. Sally Kazemchak is a registered dietitian, author, mom, and founder of RealMomNutrition.com, a no-judgment zone about feeding a family. Her site features advice on picky eating, simple healthy recipes, and lots of reassurance. She is also the author of The 101 Healthiest Foods for Kids and Cooking Light on Dinner Time Survival Guide. She serves as a contributing editor for Parents Magazine and a contributor to WebMD. An award-winning reporter and writer, she has been published in nearly 20 magazines, including Prevention, Health, Family Circle, Eating Well, Fitness, and Shape. Sally was a guest on Cocktails and Containers back in August, talking more specifically about meal planning, and I'll be sure to link to that episode as well as Sally's resources in the show notes, which are available at podcast.cocktailsandcontainers.com. But now... Let's jump into my conversation with Sally all about getting organized to eat healthy. Sally Kazemchek from Real Mom Nutrition, welcome back to Cocktails and Containers. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. Actually, your episode was one of the most popular episodes last year. Oh my
1: goodness. That's yes. That's
0: It just shows that moms out there are really interested in how they feed their kids ideas on how they can feed them easier and healthier, and so you were obviously the perfect choice to come back and talk to us, as a lot of us are having goals of eating a little bit more healthy as the new year starts, right?
1: Tis the season, yes, everyone's thinking about that right now.
0: Yeah, so before we roll into all of your tips to help our families eat healthier, We are going to do our seasonal mocktail. And this is something I like to do with each season. They don't all have to be cocktails. And I figured the healthy eating episode was probably the best one to share a mocktail recipe with. So we are making raspberry lemonade slushies. And this comes from the BBC magazine, Good Food. So it is basically like um, kind of a mix between like some bubbly water and fresh raspberries and fresh lemons. So it's got, I feel like a ton of vitamin C in there. It's got some fresh fruit in there. You do sweeten it with a little agave nectar, but I even backed off a little bit on it because I do like things a little tart. I don't mind things a little tart. And I think it's great. And if you did want to slip a little vodka in for you and, you know, the slushies for the kids, (laughs) you could totally do that. So. How you're going to make this raspberry lemonade slushy is 200 grams or about a cup of frozen raspberries. This is, again, a BBC recipe, so I had to go through the metric system and figure out the the conversion rate. So a cup of frozen raspberries, 200 or 200 grams of frozen raspberries, the juice of one lemon, 75 milliliters of soda water, which I basically used about, uh, it was about a third of a can of lemons, bubbly water is what I used some ice cubes uh, just to kind of cool it down a little bit. I used about five ice cubes and then a tablespoon of agave nectar. And you want to put the raspberries, the lemon juice, a little bit of that soda water and the ice cubes and the agave nectar into your blender. I don't recommend doing all of the soda water because the first time I did it, I thought it was gonna explode out the top of my, my blender, but you do need a little more liquid in there. So add all that in, blend it all up until it kind of makes a little bit of a, almost like a smoothie looking batter in your blender and then divide it into two cups. And then what I did was I poured the rest of the soda water in on top to fill the glass. So it's still got a little bit of a thick consistency, but you do get a little bit of bubbliness uh, when you drink it. And it's super refreshing. This would be great in the summer. But again, this is, I feel like, a really great vitamin C packed drink during this season. I'm just getting over pneumonia right now. Oh Everybody's sick right now. I know, so we all need, one of the things I read was that vitamin C is really good for healing the lungs. So I figured this is a good way for me to get my vitamin C and feel like I'm drinking something fun. Do you, do you agree? It's probably a, a healthier alternative to like sodas and things
1: yeah i mean a tablespoon of agave split between two drinks that is not very sweet at all and you're getting all the fiber of the berries because you're blending them all you're not straining it right so
0: no, nope I blend that's it all. that's great now yeah. i used a vitamix which you know so that sort of pulverizes everything yeah but you're
1: still getting everything you're not straining out all the you know the fibrous the stuff, fiber and so. the good stuff
0: yeah, yeah. so Of course, if you would like to pick up this recipe for raspberry lemonade slushies, you can visit our new website, which is podcast.cocktailsandcontainers.com, and you can gather all of the cocktail recipes or mocktail recipes there, as well as any of the information about Sally, which she's getting ready to share with us all about... How she started her journey as a food blogger and as a cookbook author, just to remind anyone who might have missed her back to school meal planning episode.
1: Sure. So, I started my uh, site, Real Mom Nutrition, about 10 years ago um, because I was a registered dietitian and I had kids, and I realized how difficult it was to feed them and to feed myself in a healthy way, much harder than I felt it had been made to be online. You know, when I went online to try to find resources, I felt like everyone was painting this rosy picture of how easy it was to feed kids. And I thought, this isn't true. (laughs) I'm going to start a site and sort of pull back the curtain on what it is like to feed kids and yourself and um, share my successes, but also my failures too, and create a community where mom's could feel safe and not judged and feel like they could share their successes and struggles um, and not feel like they have to meet some kind of idea of perfection or perfect eating or, you know, Instagram, perfect meals. Um, And so that's what my community is based around.
0: And I love that because I do feel like, and I, and I, feel a little like we're, we're coming back from that perfect Pinterest yes, looking stuff. Yes, I think we are. I yeah. think we've kind of turned a corner and people are getting back to it. But you've been there the whole time for all of us moms out there yeah. that are just trying, <laughs> we're just trying to get our kids to eat a vegetable once in a while.
1: So. <laughs> Right. And, you know, just because you're a dietitian or you've written a cookbook or whatever doesn't mean that your kids, you know, eat every vegetable or eat everything like everything that you cook. And so I think sometimes people have this notion that dietitians or cookbook authors or whatever have it all figured out and everybody is just doing their best and everyone has struggles.
0: Yeah, and I love your authenticity. That's one of the things I really love about your site. So you got to make sure you go check her out at Real Mom Nutrition. But it's the beginning of the year. A lot of people want to make some major extreme shifts in their diet. They're like, January 2nd, I'm not going (laughs) to eat sugar anymore. We're going to be vegan or whatever you're going to do. And I feel like sometimes when you do too big of a swing, it can set you up for feeling defeated or that you it's too much change all at once so what are your recommended steps for people who want to make a change in the way that they're eating or to try to eat healthier in the new year
1: well you hit the nail on the head that extreme shifts are really not good they hardly ever work they may work in the beginning but they are not sustainable because they are too drastic and they are not enjoyable and in the case of kids so if if your listeners out there have children, those extreme shifts for the family are not advisable. It really can set up, when we're talking about food and eating at least, um, it can set up very conflicted um, relationships with food and eating, even exercise or, or their bodies. So if you're talking about how you want to lose weight in the new year or um, how this food is bad or dangerous or toxic, your kids are absorbing all of those messages and um, create. it's creating these unhealthy attitudes or confusion in their heads. Um, especially there's a lot of words being thrown out around food about Something is toxic or something is dangerous for us. And when you think about, you know, a kid who thinks, well, but I really like candy, and candy is sugar, and mom's saying sugar is toxic or mom's saying sugar is dangerous for us. Um, But I still really want this candy. It makes them feel like, am I going to hurt myself if I eat it? Um, You know, is this dangerous? I I feel shame because I want candy even though mom says we're not doing sugar. So I really advise against those. really hardcore extreme changes, especially if you have kids. And even if you don't, they're just not realistic. They're just not something that you may be able to do for a week or two. When you're talking about a permanent change, it's just not um, it's not feasible. So what I tell people is focus on what you want to do instead of what you want to stop doing. Because so many resolutions are like, I want to quit sugar. I want to quit alcohol. I want to whatever it is. And where food is concerned, I really want people to think about what you want to be eating more of, not what you want to be eating less of. So let's say um, you know, you're know you drinking a lot of like soda and sweetened drinks. And so instead of like, I'm not going to drink soda anymore, you could say, I'm going to drink more water this year. Or um, if you want to stop eating so many, like so much ice cream for dessert or cookies for dessert, you could say like, I want to eat more fruit this year instead of I want to eat, you know, I don't want to eat sweets this year. So it's that, it's a, it's a, just a subtle shift in the language and the thinking, but it can have really powerful results because all of a sudden you're saying, um, I can have these things or I'm going to eat more of these things Instead, I'm not going to have sugar. I'm not going to have whatever it is um, because that, that I'm not going to have, or I can't have sets up this deprivation mindset. And there is research absolutely showing that when we deprive ourselves, our, our thoughts become fixated on that thing that we can't have. And that makes us uncomfortable and angry and resentful. And I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, if someone's quitting smoking or drinking, that's kind of its its own thing. But where food and eating is concerned, you can't, you know, eating is not something you can abstain from. And you have to eat every day. You have to make decisions on what you're going to eat every day. So make those positive decisions and resolutions instead of the negative ones.
0: I love that. I've been doing a ton of work and reading books and blog sites about uh mindset and I think that that idea that just that subtle shift of making it a positive versus making it a negative, not I'm not going to eat sugar, but I'm going to incorporate more fruit into my diet. And just that subtle mindset my- That subtle mindset shift really makes a huge difference. And I hadn't even thought of it in terms of food. And I do want to jump back to really quick the first point that you were making about watching your language. And I have really noticed this for myself personally is, you know, I I had injured myself in October and then I was really sick in November and December. I've put on a little bit of weight and I have, you know, mentioned some things like, oh, I feel so fat and things like that around my kids. And I've noticed them picking up on the language. And so you're so right. I need to really be very careful about the language that I'm using. And I love this idea of sort of putting a, the healthy, positive spin on this idea that we are going to do something that's good for our bodies. We are What we're trying to do is operate at the most optimal level that we can have. And I just, I love that that just that subtle shift can make such a huge difference. But when we start to make these changes, it's very easy. As you've said, you know, you make an extreme change and then it's very easy to sort of backslide. So what is something that you would recommend to people who are making these changes and then all of a sudden they just kind of completely fall off the wagon and they just wanna throw the towel in? What's, uh, what's something that you can recommend to them that would help them not quit and just completely stop these new healthy habits?
1: So if you are at a point where, you know, where you're falling off the wagon, quote unquote, or feeling like you wanna quit, it's probably a sign that that was not a realistic goal or a sustainable goal for you. If every day is sort of like, oh, I gotta get through this day, I gotta not eat sugar today or whatever it is, I gotta not eat (laughs) animal products today, you know, not eat cheese or milk if I'm trying to be a vegan or whatever it is, and if that is like painful for you, then I think I would pull back and say, okay, this this feels uncomfortable. And if this feels uncomfortable, um, and again, obviously not talking about things like alcohol and, and smoking, but about food, if this feels uncomfortable, I might need to pull back and revisit this goal. So I think the nice thing about viewing things in a positive way and what you want to eat or drink more of is that it sort of naturally pushes the other things out a bit. So, for instance, um, one of my goals this year is just to eat more fruits and vegetables. Just even dieticians struggle with this because, you know, fruits and vegetables require some of them, require some planning and preparation. And like all moms, I get into this rut of being really busy and grabbing things and not taking the time to do things or not taking the time in the grocery store to pick those options that would make it easier. So if you're eating more fruits and vegetables and you're planning your meals around them and you're even, maybe you're planning your restaurant choices around them, like, oh, I know this place has an amazing vegetarian entree or an amazing salad, so let's let's get takeout from that place or whatever. When you do those things, you naturally reduce the foods that you're trying to eat a little bit less of. So. If I have stuff prepped in my refrigerator to have this like great, you know, rice and veggie bowl for lunch, it means I'm not, you know, grabbing a bar <laughs> to eat at my desk, which I'm definitely guilty of, you know, when I don't have time and I'm hungry is grabbing a bar. There's nothing wrong with bars, but it's definitely not as um, nourishing for my body as, you know, a warm rice and veggie bowl or something like that. So. Um, if you are feeling like it's painful, then you are you are too much at an extreme and pull back. I was listening to another podcast the other day, and there was a guy on there who just wrote a book called Atomic Habits. I don't know if you've heard of it. I love
0: it. Time. James Clear. Okay. Yes. So I, I, I love was, that
1: book. i would ever heard of him, but um, he was on this podcast I was listening to, and he was talking about um, four ways to make habits easier. So I wanted to give him credit for this. So one he said make it make it obvious or visible. So for me wanting to eat more fruits and vegetables is that i have them in my refrigerator. I have a fruit bowl on the counter with the fruits that i love the best and for my kids maybe those apples are already washed so they can grab one and they don't even have to take that extra step of washing it. Um two attractive and appealing. So for me that means um having the fruits and vegetables that i love and then preparing them in really tasty ways or going out to a great vegetarian restaurant that i know will prepare vegetables in an amazing way. Um, and third, um, he said, keep it easy or simple and convenient. So for instance, at the store, I was really seeking out this week, pre-packaged, um, pre-cut, pre-washed stuff. And I know there's extra packaging that goes along with it. And that is not always ideal, but for really busy weeks, you know, like I found my, myself and my younger son, we love celery. And I usually take the time to like chop it and wash it and cut it and have it in a, you know, container. But I found at Kroger big celery socks that were trimmed and pre-washed and just ready to pull out and eat. And we've been munching on those all week and it was just kind of, um, a really easy, enjoyable to, way to eat a vegetable that we already like, um, and then the fourth characteristic he said is it needs to be enjoyable or satisfying. So you cannot commit to a habit that you that you don't really enjoy. Um, you know whether it's like if it's exercise and you join a gym and join a really hard class that feels like punishment. You know instead find a class that you cannot wait to go to. I started doing jazzercise at the end of last year. Oh my gosh, I am so hooked on that and I cannot wait to go. I mean, I have never felt this way about exercise in my life and it may not be as grueling as like, um, you know, a class at the gym, you know, maybe like a bootcamp class. It's a, still a great workout, but it is so fun. And it's the first time in my life that I'm super excited to go and exercise. And I feel like that's my wish for everyone that they would find something like that that was enjoyable and that they couldn't wait to do.
0: That's so, so, yeah. so true. When we had yeah. the um, organizing yourself to be more, to be able to stick to your workout routine, we talked to Allison Nelson a couple of weeks ago about that exact same thing. And she said that, that exact thing that you just said find something it, that you really enjoy and look forward to doing because it's going to make you stick with it a lot more. And she's like, as long as you are moving your body, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Just get out there and move your body. So I think that that's such a great tip that, you know, find those recipes that you and your family really enjoy that involve sort of these healthy habits that you want to include. You know, my kids really like in the summer, they love berries with a little bit of fresh whipped cream on top, which is, you know, I feel like that's a great compromise for a cookie or a cake because they're Mm -hmm. getting the berries. Um, you know, sometimes I just buy the ready whip, like you said, make it easy, but there's a lot of times when my husband really likes heavy cream in his coffee, we'll just whip up a little bit Mm -hmm. in our vitamins and add a little bit of vanilla and a little bit of, you know, sugar or agave and Mm -hmm. plop that on. And I feel like I don't feel guilty about giving that to them. And it's just that subtle shift that's enjoyable, it's easy, it's um, appealing, and you know, it's going to take all those things to make it a much easier habit. So I think that those are really great tips. And I will have a link to that book in the show notes also, because it is a fantastic book. If you haven't read it yet, and you are looking to make some changes in the habits in your life this year, I, I highly, highly recommend Atomic Habits by James Clear. So one of the things you kind of talked about is being aware of your week, you know, you knew you had a busy week. And so you were looking for pre cut fruits, or you have them washed and ready to go. Those planning steps are so, so important. I think to making successful changes in your healthy eating or in anything that you're doing, which is part of the reason why I want to address the organizing aspect of all of these resolutions this month of getting organized, of working out, of of eating healthier, and of getting out of debt. And so can you remind the listeners again, your super simple meal plan that you were talking about back in August when we talked about back to school meal planning and just how you keep it simple and why it's so important to have that plan in place to be successful in eating healthier
1: I know a lot of people um, resolved a meal plan and for some people it it's a struggle and it's something that they try and try and they um, they just struggle with for some reason and I think part of that is that people make it too complicated. It doesn't have to be complicated. Um, I've been doing it regularly, you know, almost every single week now for a a few years. And, um, and I do my meal plan on a post-it that I keep in the, in the uh, kitchen drawer, but when i am planning i do my meal plan and my grocery list at the same time so i either i grocery shop on sunday and so i either i meal plan and make my list either saturday or sunday morning before i go and i do have a sheet that you can link to in your show notes that's a worksheet where it's the meal plan and the grocery list at the same time And I first, I plan around what I have. And I also have a sheet that I can, um, I can give you the link for. It's a free sheet. Uh, It's a freezer inventory. So it's always good to know like, okay, what do I have? What's a good starting point? Because another really important resolution for the new year is to not waste as much food. That's a huge issue. Um, And people, it's not only good for the environment to not waste food, but it's good for your bottom line. Um, You won't spend as much money. So thinking about what you have, I usually think about like, okay, what are the major protein sources that I have? Whether that's um, a whole chicken in the freezer or, or, you know, some fish fillets or even cans of beans or whatever. And then I kind of plan my meals around that. One way that you can make meal planning super simple is to have a formula and you can decide whatever these categories are. So it can be, you know, and every, every Monday is leftovers, every Tuesday is pasta, every Wednesday is Mexican, every Friday is pizza or whatever it is. And if you have that template, you know, whatever works best for your family, um, if you have that template, you just plug in the meals every week. And if you have spaghetti every Wednesday, who cares? That's great. If your family loves spaghetti or if you have tacos every Tuesday, that's great. That's one, one fewer day you have to think about. I always plan a scrounge night and I call it scrounge night. Like it's whatever is in the fridge and everybody can pull out whatever it is and make do. And maybe scrounge is we are all having different things or maybe I'm eating a bowl of cereal, whatever it is, we are just making do with whatever we have in the fridge. And that takes care of one night a week. I don't have to think about. And one night a week is always like take out or go out or have pizza. So that's two nights or I don't have to cook or, you know, and if you batch cook one of those nights, then you have leftovers say, every Tuesday or whatever, that's three nights that week that you don't have to really think about. So I think a meal plan formula can really help. Writing it down, maybe you post it in your fridge on a chalkboard. I see really cute chalkboards, but I just have this little post-it pad that I keep and then I can refer to that and I can think, oh, I ha- that's right, I have to defrost that tonight for tomorrow or whatever it is. And I think taking that meal plan with you to the grocery store. That's why I like to have it on that one sheet because then you can make sure you have everything. I mean, who, who, who among us likes to like rush to the grocery store on a Tuesday night at six because you don't have the onion that you need for your recipe? And so if you have your meal plan with you, um, you can look at it, you can think about, okay, I have the ingredients for the main dish. What am I gonna serve for the side? Because sometimes that's where people trip up. They'll be like, oh, I didn't even think about the side or the salad or the veggie we're going to have with it. And you can kind of make sure you have that all there. And all of that planning, it really only takes maybe 10 minutes, but those 10 minutes will save you for the rest of the week. Um, You know, when I hear about people, I I literally have a friend who they, every day at like four, she texts her husband, what are we going to have for dinner? I don't know. What do you want to have? Do you want to stop at the store? Do I, I can't imagine that stress. Like, That is a nightmare for me. I don't want to think about that every day. I want to think about it once on the weekend before I shop, and then it's just on autopilot the rest of the week.
0: Well, and two, to your point of sort of the, we're talking about healthy eating, If you have decision fatigue that late in the day, you know, both of you have been at work all day or, you know, mom's been home and she's been doing all this stuff with the kids at home and dad comes home. You don't want to think about it anymore. So what taking this 10 or 15 minutes with a really simple formula is going to do is, Limit the amount of decisions that you have to make. You know, you're like, we have these four things that we can eat. (laughs) These, Which one do you want tonight? Versus like of the whole plethora of the universe of different types of food. And I think that you're going to make better, healthier choices if you're eating from the stuff that you have, because you know you have everything in the house to make it versus, I don't know, nobody wants to make a decision. Let's just get pizza for the third time this week. And so I, I think it's, it's, doesn't have to be super complicated. You know, I'm very similar to you. You're even a little bit more structured than I am. We, I probably plan three dinners a a week and then I let my kids pick a dinner. I ask them what they want because I like the idea of incorporating them, you know, and they always choose like, macaroni and cheese or you know we'll have macaroni and cheese and dino nuggets I think tonight and then I usually make some sort of vegetable on the side or they like burrito bowls you know things like that but I like the idea of incorporating what they like to eat and I took your advice back in August about letting them have more input in their lunches and really sort of getting involved in the lunch thing. And so meal planning doesn't just have to be for dinners. And what I've been doing with them is when I go to do my grocery list, I ask them two ideas of things that they would like potentially for their lunches. You know, they always get like an apple or a clementine or some grapes or some carrots, but what's two things that they would like. So for instance, this week, they said they wanted um, hard boiled eggs with baguettes and marmalade. I don't know. We've been reading (laughs) Harry Potter. So they've got this marmalade thing right now. I, I can only imagine that they've gotten it from Harry Potter. And then peanut butter and jelly. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with those Mm -hmm, choices. And so I know that when I went to the store, I have the stuff in the house for, you know, making peanut butter and jelly. I made some hard boiled eggs. I've got a baguette with marmalade. (laughs) And, um, you know, and then like fruits and vegetables, but even that, just knowing that when we get up in the morning, these are your two options. They have a choice, which is good. They feel like they're incorporated. It's a choice that they've come up with, but it really is. It's been amazing how just not having to think about what I'm going to pack for lunch, being able to just pull out that bin here's your two options. Which thing do you want today? Has made my mornings so much easier. So meal planning, yeah, meal planning doesn't have to just apply to, you know, your dinner. I know it's sometimes that's the most stressful meal. It can be stressful because, you know, again, at the end of the day, you're, you're tired of making decisions. You don't know what to make. Your cupboards are empty, so on and so forth. But I really think that just taking that 10 or 15 minutes, it doesn't have to be elaborate. You don't have to do, you know, 17-step dishes seven nights a week, four nights a week, three nights a week, where you have something simple planned to just take your brain out of it and run a little bit more on autopilot. I feel like you're just going to be a lot more successful with these with these healthy eating plans that you have. So.
1: Yeah, and I, I think, too, you know – it's okay. Prepare to fail, not fail, but prepare for the meal plan to go awry. Almost every single week there is one one night or two, even two nights where either I don't feel like making whatever I've planned or something comes up and that's okay. And I usually try to have something in my freezer, kind of like, for us it's like cheese tortellini, something that's in the freezer that we can just pull out and and it can be ready in 10 minutes. So if I've planned, you know, if I've had a hard day and I planned to cook kind of a more elaborate meal that night and I'm like, I do not feel like this. Then I can pull out the tortellini or maybe for for other people, it's some kind of, you know, freezer convenience food or maybe it's a meal kit that they got, you know, from the store or delivered or something. It's okay to use those foods. I mean, you don't have to have an elaborate home-cooked meal every night. Um, You're still preparing food at home and you're still... Avoiding all the waste that comes with takeout or avoiding all the cost that comes from takeout or going out. So, having some things tucked in the freezer for those nights when things don't go as planned is also really smart, too.
0: I love that. And, you know, I used to do like, I used to sit down and do like a seven day meal plan with lunches and dinners. And what I found is exactly what you're talking about, where it's I would find that four of those things didn't sound good to me once I finally got around to cooking them. So that's when I backed off and started going like three or four tops. I always buy like a box of pasta and a jar of sauce. I always buy a box of macaroni and cheese because my kids love it and I know that they eat it. I do, however, always put frozen peas in my kids' mac and cheese. And it was very funny. Like the one time they were at my mom's house, they're like, you mean the peas don't come in the mac and cheese? (laughs) That I was always sort of sneaking it in the mac and (laughs) cheese, but they eat it still just fine, knowing that they're not in there. But again, yeah, yeah, just having those standbys in place, you know, and and not making it too hard. If you're just starting out, do two nights a week, you know. Do like you said, do two nights a week. Do a night of takeout, do a night of a meal kit, and do a night of scrounge. That's five nights right there, you know. And then whatever else comes about. But yeah, I think it's like we said at the beginning. If you try to bite off more than you can chew, right from the right from the start it could be a lot harder to maintain. So keep it simple. It doesn't have to be elaborate. It just, it will help you so much. And as you get better, you can add more and more to it. So I know that your blog is full of resources for moms who want their kids to eat healthier, ideas of how to talk to your kids about food, you know, recipes, all kinds of stuff like that. Can you let me know of any resources specifically on the blog that might help people who are looking to eat healthier in 2020?
1: Sure, i well, I mentioned I have that meal planning worksheet, and I have a freezer inventory worksheet, and i 'll give you the links uh, for the show notes. but I do have a new thing that i 'm doing it 's called the let 's try new Foods challenge, and I know some parents have a resolution this year to help their whole family eat eat new foods or explore foods that they've may, maybe tried and abandoned because they didn 't go over well so it's totally free. You can sign up. I'll give you the link. And it's four different foods. Every two weeks, you get a new food, an email with a, with a food and a whole bunch of different ways to serve it, uh, to your family and recipes. And there are charts that your kids can fill out and with all the different foods that they've tried. And, um, there are four different foods that, that I hear that parents struggle with when it comes to their kids or their spouses. I hear about a lot of spouses that don't necessarily want to eat in the healthy way that their partners would like them to. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a new thing. I, I I did it, was it a year ago? I did the same thing, uh, the, a challenge. it was a challenge. And it was so successful. I had like 700 people signed up for it. And I heard from so many people that it was just such a fun way to, you know, sometimes we give up on foods because we try them once or twice and the kids or our spouse or whatever is like, I don't really like this. So we give up. We just never buy that food again. When really it just takes exposure over and over, even for ourselves. Maybe there are foods that that we don't particularly care for, but if we were exposed to them in different ways and multiple times that we may actually discover that we like them. So
0: I that's kind of a fun thing. I love that. I had heard yeah. once 11 times is how many times it can take you to figure out. I don't know if that's true or not, but I had heard yeah, that. Yeah, I, I
1: found that in a research study, but it might take many, many more times than that. Or and that's just okay. a
0: particular way. Like my husband loves yeah. carrots raw. He hates them cooked. So, you know, we don't eat a whole lot of cooked yeah. carrots when he's around. So it might just be something sure. like that. And I love, because- Our kids um, in their kindergarten class had this Try It Tuesday where people would bring Mm -hmm. in different things. And they're a very ethnically diverse school, so they were trying all different types of stuff. And one thing that I really loved about that is that they weren't allowed to say yuck or I don't like it. They said it's not for me, so it was a really great way to encourage them to try something new, to not sort of like poo-poo it for everybody else that would be in the class or, you know, in your case, in your family that might not like it. Might not like it. But what a great way to expose kids to all different types of food cooked all different types of ways and just sort of expand their horizons. It may not be something that they love right now, but they could definitely learn to love it if it's prepared the right way. So I will be sure to have a link to that in the show notes. And if anybody wants to go check you out, where can they find you online? My site is
1: realmomnutrition.com and you can find me on social media everywhere at realmomnutrition.
0: Be sure to go check out Sally. She's got an awesome, awesome site, all kinds of tips out there. And thank you so much for coming back and talking to us again. Thanks
1: for having me. It's so fun.
0: Now, do you understand why her meal planning episode was so popular last summer? Wasn't she fantastic? Let's do a quick review of Sally's advice for getting organized to eat healthier. First, Remember, extreme shifts are not sustainable because they're too drastic and not enjoyable for you or your family. Instead, focus on what you want to do versus on what you don't want to do, what you want to eat more of instead of what you want to cut out. Think, I'm going to eat more fruit rather than I'm going to cut out sugar. And remember, kids are picking up on the positive and negative messages you're sending out about food. So this subtle mindset shift, making your changes positive for your family versus sending messages that foods are wrong, bad, or toxic can create positive relationships for your kids with food. If you're dreading the healthy changes that you're making, chances are the shifts that you're trying to make are too extreme at this time. Maybe revisit a less drastic version of your goal. Make those positive changes a habit and then add another layer. And focusing on those positive changes will naturally push out the bad habits and make the changes easier to maintain. I love that Sally referenced James Clear's Atomic Habits and I'll be sure to link to that book in the show notes. Here are the habit tips that Sally referenced from the book. One, make it obvious or visible. Two, make it attractive and appealing. Three, make it easy, simple, and convenient. And four, make it enjoyable and satisfying. And finally, remember having a plan for your healthy meals is going to make it easier to succeed. And Sally is proof that it doesn't have to be complicated or time consuming. I mean, she does hers on a post-it note. She plans her meals around the food that she already has, and she assigns themes to days like Taco Tuesday or Scrounge Sunday to make those decisions easier. She also makes her grocery list while she's planning her meals so she can make sure that she has all of the items that she needs for the meals that she's making. Be sure to stop by my show notes where I have links to Sally's meal planning worksheet, her freezer inventory sheet, and her let's try new foods challenge which i have already signed up for you can also find links to sally's social media today's mocktail recipe and past episodes there and of course if you wanted to join that patreon community you can find a link there too so much good stuff is available at podcast.cocktailsandcontainers.com to help you organize and simplify your family And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, what are you waiting for? I always have great organizing and simplifying topics on tap to help you and your family. Like next week when I'll break down for you a paper organizing system to help make organizing your tax paperwork easier. So be sure to subscribe and until then, may all of your things be tidy and all of your cocktails strong. Cheers.